So today is a very exciting day. We're going to be interviewing a phenomenal audiobook narrator, one of our favorites, Rebecca Soler. She has narrated Marissa Meyer's The Lunar Chronicles and Heartless, which is an episode that we recorded, we reviewed the audiobook for. And she's narrated for James Patterson, Judy Bloom, and Sarah Dezen. Lots of young adult novels out there that she's recorded. And she's also received an Audiophile Earphones Award in 2009 for her narration of the novel After. So we hope you're ready for our interview with Rebecca. Sit back, heat up some tea, although it's summertime, so maybe not heat up some tea. Make yourself some cucumber sandwiches and... Let's jump into it. Let's jump in. Before we begin, <laughs> we want to offer you some cucumber sandwiches for a tea party. <laughs> oh, you guys are so adorable. <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I have my mug of tea. And in the, we're having a tea party, but I forgot my mug of tea. Oh. Wait, guys, give it. Pause it. Okay. Welcome to Audio Shelf. A place where we take you on a fantastic journey through our audiobook adventures. I'm Brad. And I'm Brittany. And we are the voices in your head. We are good. <laughs> Yay! Yes! This segment brought to you by a delightful Harney and Sons English breakfast. <laughs> Ours are empty because we... <laughs> <laughs> We're already too hot. Yeah, you know what, guys? Uh, you have the, the, you know, cucumber sandwiches, so I feel like that's what I'm bringing to the party. <laughs> you bring um, the tea, we'll bring the cucumber sandwiches. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, thank you. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank you. Um, how did you guys start doing your podcast for audiobooks? Like, how did you figure out that you guys love audiobooks? Um, well, I think it was Brad had me listen to the selection series mm-hmm. uh-huh. which was really really good and mm-hmm. i really liked it and then we just started from there and then we would talk about the audiobooks together and how the narrators were and it just kind of snowballed from there that there's not anything like this in the book world i mean there's of course the written reviews and everything like that but that's no fun so <laughs> <laughs> you don't get to show your whimsy exactly exactly yeah. and we started off with a blog and we felt that that was too structured and just kind of boring a little bit so we wanted to put our personalities into it so yeah. we came up with a podcast idea love mm-hmm. and Brittany and sean are very good with technology and computers yeah sean is my husband <laughs> <laughs> and he's our producer um <laughs> so I, they set up how to do a podcast and we went from there yeah we didn't think that we would do, like, interviews or anything like that. So this is, I mean, this has been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, you guys are doing such a great, I mean, it's really interesting what you can do with technology these days. And just even Twitter. I mean, before Twitter, I never really had any direct contact with authors, actually. You know, the publishers would, would reach out to my agents or whatever, and then I would either audition or sometimes I'll get a direct offer, which is delightful. Yeah. Um Oftentimes, the only communication that I would have about the book would be, you know, I'd ask the executive producer, hey, what do you think they feel about X? So, but with things like Twitter and like various like social media, I'm now, when I get a new book, I, the first thing I do is to check out if the author is on mm. Twitter and if I, and then I'll message them to be like, hey, I just found out I'm going to be narrating your book. Would you mind if I have any questions? Can I DM you mm. and get your thoughts or preferences? 
And um, for the most part, people respond back. So, you know, like with anybody, there are people who like are on Twitter because they're supposed to be on Twitter, but they don't really use it. And so therefore, like, I'm sure some authors are like, I've got this. Yeah. (laughs) But uh, oftentimes, because I do a lot of YA, those authors are on Twitter, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. So it's been really cool to be able to do that. That's really Mm -hmm. awesome because we kind of chat with like a couple different narrators and they were all saying that they don't really have much interaction with the authors. And so it's really cool to get your perspective of you reach out to them and you you go first. You make the first move on them. (laughs) I do. Part of it is they've spent, you know, so, so long in the world and they have a definitive opinion of what it sounds like or who these people are. Mm -hmm. And if I can get an idea of what they're thinking chances are I'll do the book more justice in terms of their eyes, you know, because if I arbitrarily assign a style or a voice and that author listens to it and thinks, oh my gosh, that is not so-and-so, that would make me very sad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, there, def- there have been a couple of times where I've inadvertently pronounced something wrong and had to go back and fix it. Or For the most part, you know, I try to collaborate and see – you know, do you guys have any pet peeves or is there anything that you were hoping? Some of the, the authors that have been really helpful. Uh, I just did a book called White Fur by Jardine Libert, and she actually uh, sent me a documentary clip of basically a girl that it's set in sort of like the projects uh, um, in Rhode Island. And she sent me this documentary of a young girl and what she sounded like and her mom who, you know, there's a mom character and she's like, these are the people. And it was so awesome because as an actor, you get to really look and do almost like a, a, a character study on an actual yeah. live human instead of just inventing what you think it might be in your head. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I just, you know, make stuff up. <laughs> um, but other than that, you know, like with Heartless, obviously there's Alice in Wonderland, which is so much pressure because mm-hmm. you're like, oh, I, I know what the Cheshire Cat sounds like. I know what the Caterpillar sounds like. I know what the White Rabbit sounds like. And I really hope I don't F it up, you know, at the end of the day. Um, I know you guys are PG-13, so I'm not going to swear. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, on this channel. On this PG-13. channel. Our, our After Dark is a little bit different. Uh, <laughs> I like your After Dark. I, I, okay, you'll have to let me know about so so tell us a little bit about your background how did you get into this business i am an actor Mm -hmm. first and foremost and like all actors you go where the yeses are so i I studied musical theater in college and then you know graduated and moved to new york and auditioned for a million different things and then i actually a really annoying story because people always ask me how I got into voiceover and it's so not duplicatable. It's <laughs> so like if, as a student, I would have been like, how do I get into voiceover? And my anecdotal story is the lamest anecdotal story. I went to, my friend was giving a seminar on, she used to be a proofreader as a, a survival gig. Um, and she's giving a seminar on how to uh, get paid to be a proofreader, you know, and mm. it's work that people, it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. I learned by doing her seminar and like taking notes for her, to, you know, see what was landing in the audience and all that, that I would be a terrible proofreader because I autocorrect. Mm. I just yeah. autocorrect your grammar and I, you know, don't even pay attention to the spelling. While while there, she had also invited another friend who's a director 
um, to record it and to edit it. And he does a lot of animation, and he and I just sort of hit it off, and we were just chatting personally, you know. I didn't, you know, intentionally I was not like, oh, um, you direct um, cartoons? Answer <laughs> all my voices. Like, I was not, you know. I was like, oh, what's up, man? Nice to meet you. Um, and then at the end of that night, uh, he was like, do you do 11-year-old little girl voices? <laughs> That's such a creepy... <laughs> Creepy yeah, thing to ask. That actually does sound. He was doing this like Japanese anime project, and I was like, "Sure, why not?" So I went in and auditioned for him, mm-hmm. and then I got the part. And so that job started my voiceover career, and then that's how I got my agents. And then I've been with my agency a really long time. And my longtime agent, uh, Sherry Hoffman, shout out to Sherry Hoffman. <laughs> she was like, "I think you would be great." for audiobooks you'll come in you'll read for me and I'll coach you and it was like all right Sherry and sure enough she sort of took me under her wing and kind of helped me audition for my first few books and tweak me stylistically you know there's good audiobook narration and then there's really painful Mm -hmm. audiobook narration yes and I think I think everybody starts when I think of my first book I don't even want to listen to it because I'm sure I was just surviving it because it's so daunting Mm -hmm. um, compared to like something like Heartless where it was like, I knew what I wanted to do. I have opinions and I'm inserting them. Mm -hmm. So ultimately narration is so close to, for me at least, to animation Mm. um, in terms of creating characters that people never see your acting choices. They can only hear your acting choices. So it was a natural progression to do narration and then you couple that with the fact that I'm a, a ridiculously avid reader love to read constantly reading so if you are not a reader it's I would think it's the worst job that you could possibly have right. to be a narrator because I I read well at least I try to if I if I get the book in time I tried to read the book twice before I actually get in the booth mm-hmm. the first time it's like as a fangirl you know <laughs> to be like what is this book about what am I gonna do and then the second time I almost make an org chart of like a family tree of who's who, who's dating who. Um, I'll do this. um, I do this thing where anytime the author uses a descriptive word or an intention that feels very specific to the character, I'll like jot it down under the person. And then after I finish the book the second time, then I kind of like look at the world of people. And then from the author's descriptions, try to figure out who they are and then assign them a voice. So that's a that lot. Was a yeah. Very long description. Yeah. It's a lot of helpful information for other people that may want to get into the field. Voiceover is really great. There's so much to do. I mean, obviously commercial television voiceover radio ads and mm-hmm. there's there's something called promo, which promos are, you know, say if you're on MTV and it's that like coming up next on MTV, it's the real world. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are called promos. They're a specific type. Um, and then then there's narration, there's animation, and then there's me muting my text. <laughs> we just heard our own ding go off, and we were like, okay, we have to mute that over there. <laughs> dings, we dings. Um, and then last but not least, there's loop groups, ADR. I, I may have forgotten the genre, but those are all the things that I've done. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's a super fun job in that you can do a whole bunch of different things and use your voice very differently creatively to do mm-hmm. stuff. The fun part about narration, at least for me, is 
it's the one place where, as an actor, I would I get to play the parts that I would never be, be cast in, mm-hmm. either right. physically looking at me or traditionally listening to my voice. Like, I'm not going to be just. Mm. Although and you I could think, be if they just did voice. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. But, like, I do agree that Matt Bomer would make a pretty... Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so by the way, we watch your commercials and we're obsessed. <laughs> And I, I want to go shopping at Publix now. Do you? We're yes. shopping pleasure. <laughs> well, fun fact, I have to update my website. Like, as soon as you guys were like, oh, update the website. Isn't it always the thing where you're, when you're the most busy and you have the most to mm-hmm. say, you don't actually update it. And then you update it when you're like, gee, I wish I had something to put up here. And I feel mm-hmm. like it's been months since I've uh, actually done my own branding. So mm-hmm. anyway, this is great. It's holding me accountable. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and so for Publix, luckily I didn't have to, to eat anything. But for Skinny Cow, that commercial, I ate 40 ice cream sandwiches. 40? I'm sorry. Zero. <laughs> because, so here's the thing. Normally you do this thing called like a bite and spit, right? Yeah. Um, and the, the two women who are awesome who are in that spot with me, they had ice cream options because they would like just kind of lick and it would do the job or there was this like little candy bar thing and she could just kind of pretend to bite. But because I had the ice cream sandwich, they wanted that perfect bite shape in the ice cream sandwich. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And so I would have to full on commit to the bite. And then because it's ice cream, it melts. Yes. It has nowhere to go. Yes. So you like, you can't, you can't spit it out. It's already like down your esophagus. So, It kind of defeats the purpose of what Skinny Cow is kind of trying to sell there. Yeah. Like, this, I don't think I've even calories, ate right? 40 ice cream sandwiches in my I entire mean, I life. I could. I could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and at first, so this is the other cool thing. Like, at first, like, at the beginning of the day, the crew was like, oh, I'll, I'll grab it. Because I would take, like, one bite, and then they would take it away. Because under the lights, it melts, right? right? So then the crew was like, oh, I'll take it. And they were, like, game to, like, cut off what I'd bitten and chomp the rest. But by end of day... <laughs> Everyone's like, that's Rebecca's ice cream. Yeah. She gets to have all like thirty of those. <laughs> like this is this is your reality. And the close up was shot at the end of the day. So by the end of the day, the director was so awesome. But by the end of the day, I was like, he's like, all right, so cut and all right, and I'd be like, <laughs> and I'd be like, are you ready, Rebecca? He's like, you're such a chew and I'm like, yep, I'm ready, I'm ready, and then <laughs> yum. So. The important question is, have you had an ice cream sandwich since then? <laughs> right? You know what? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'm more of a salty anyway. I oh, yeah. Me too. Like, mm-hmm. That's probably, yes. a, probably a good choice, too. <laughs> Just ice cream sandwiches, you're probably allergic to them now. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But they are delightful. This is no, no angry shout out to Skinny Cow. Oh, no. no. By mm-hmm. all means, in moderation, it is a delightful <laughs> Yes. Yes. <laughs> Right. So with, um, you mentioned animation a little bit and I was curious because I saw on your website that you love cartoons and I am a cartoon lover myself. So <laughs> I hey. am wondering what your favorite cartoon is Ooh. in addition Ooh. to audiobook and commercial, all the stuff that you do in general. <laughs> what is my favorite cartoon? It's always safe to watch 
the Simpsons or South Park and know that you will be tickled. I find myself like quoting Family Guy. It's just that <laughs> especially the maid where I'm like, oh no, <laughs> like she's amazing to me. So I guess those, and then in terms of some of the animation projects that I loved that I did. I worked on this show for two seasons. I don't even know if they actually aired both seasons, but, you know, cartoons oftentimes are there to help sell a product to little children. So if the product is still selling, then they continue to make the cartoon in order to sort of justify new products or, you know, things like that. There was this Microsoft video game called Viva Pinata, and um, it was super fun because we got to improv a lot, and I played two different characters. I played a very forgetful elephant named Ella, and then I played this monkey um, named Simone. I just sort of was sort of Sherry Hoffman, my agent, and sort of this guy that I used to work with back in the day. His grandmother was from Jersey, <laughs> and he used to do an like an like an impression of her. And I guess she would say that his name is Richard Steiner. And she would say, Richie, you don't want to date her. She's a filthy hua. You know? <laughs> so I made That's the best thing ever. Like Richard Steiner's grandmother from New Jersey. <laughs> Which I guess, I think other people, other narrators have said this to you in your interviews. But like, I think I listen for voices and I collect them mm-hmm. for inspiration. And then bust out my version of them. In the Lunar Chronicles, uh, there were so many girls all around the same age that I had to sort of distill people into certain ideas or thoughts. And Winter, to me, is going to be really weird because I'm sure nobody listens to it and then thinks, oh, that's totally who that is. But Winter, to me, is Luna from Harry Potter. That was, like, my inspiration for her sort of wispy, ethereal thing because of sort of like, you know, I don't don't know if you guys have listened to Lunar Chronicles yet. We have not. That's that's on our list. Yeah. That's on our list. As soon as we found out, you narrated it. (laughs) No, right? Yeah. Uh, But I I think I know who you're talking about, Winter, because that's one of the books is... Winter. Winter, yeah. Yeah, that's the the fourth. So it's Cinder, Mm -hmm. which is Cyborg Cinderella, Mm -hmm. Uh, Scarlet, who is uh, Little Red Riding Hood, Mm -hmm. Crest, who is Rapunzel, mm-hmm. and then Winter, who is ultimately Snow White, basically. Yeah. Um, so Snow White gotcha. is Luna. So now, you'll, when you listen, you'll be like, mm-hmm. no, no, Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> or you'll be like, oh, I see what you're trying to do. <laughs> no, I definitely think uh, that, that Snow White voice would be... That would be what I imagine. <laughs> yeah, Snow White is also just like a wispy kind of character anyway, so that would make sense to choose someone like Luna yeah. to kind of base it off of. And she's had a rough childhood, no mm-hmm. spoilers, and and she's sort of afflicted, that's all that I will say, so it makes her synapses not always like fire correctly, so that's kind of why <laughs> I chose. And she's so very like light and optimistic and airy and mm-hmm. namaste she's like the namaste of the, the group of <laughs> ladies so yeah. that's awesome yeah i think as soon as we saw well we listened to heartless and then mm-hmm. we kind of like stalked you and then we oh. saw that you did the lunar chronicles and we were like okay we definitely have to listen to this now <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of piggyback off that so do you have a relationship with melissa or marissa meyer i do i do now okay so 
Cinder was one of the books that it was her first book. Mm-hmm. And then I, I think when I was reading it, I didn't realize how large a series it was going to be. I just thought it was a one-off. And then at the end I realized, Oh no. Okay. So though I guess there'll be a book too. Like I didn't mm-hmm. realize that there was such a long journey that I was going to be taking with, with it. And it wasn't until after book one and we started doing press for it, that that's when I met her and I was able to like, again, I'm, tweeted at her and I'm like, ah, I hope you don't mind, but I'm narrating. <laughs> um, so for the first one, I sort of flew solo and then all the other books, I would hit her up. And, and then also Marissa is amazing when you see her uh, live, when she launches a book, she comes up with the most clever, fun games for her, for her fans. Uh, they're called Lunar Ticks. Which are super cute. That is really and, adorable. Like she comes up with games and things that are themed around the the books themselves, and a lot of people do like cosplay, and they'll come dressed as their like favorite characters, and it's like super fun. Mm-hmm. So whenever she does those events, she actually would love to never have to read aloud from the book. And whenever there's a city that I'm kind of relatively close to, then um, Macmillan will send me there. So I met yeah. her in DC at a bookstore signing and after that we just sort of you know wow that's yeah. so cool that is really awesome to get like a live audiobook reading yeah <laughs> it's super fun when when heartless launched in new york we went and it was like a big launch and so i was at a barnes and noble downtown and it was so cool to see how many people were there for her and, and rightfully so her imagination mm-hmm. is and she's so clever you oh, know yeah. and if you guys loved the little gems that she expounded on in Heartless in mm-hmm. terms of like like adding Peter Peter or bringing in the Jabberwock as mm-hmm. well as um, Jack, be nimble, Jack, be quick. Yeah. Or, you know, what you had mentioned, um, why the Queen of Hearts is Toby, is that she loves <laughs> lemon tart. I remember when I was reading it thinking like, all right, Marissa, she is so cute. Of course she's got a little, I love a lemon tart. And right? All of the food descriptions, I was like, oh. which is why, which is why we brought cookies. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So she's just a master at really paying homage to an author or you know something that exists, and then really cleverly infusing neat, neat new ideas on that. Yeah. It was always, it was always very cool to uh, be listening to Wonderland and just be able to picture it from, you know, the Disney animated movie. And we see these things from our childhood and reading the book and everything. And then she just kind of like takes it and makes it bigger for us. And it was really, Mm -hmm. really amazing. Yeah, it was was fun for me too. I felt like, I don't know, when are you ever going to get to do that? When gets to be all of the characters in Wonderland or exactly. predecessors. I think I was the most nervous about the Mad Hatter out mm. of all the characters. That was my favorite. Um, <laughs> but I love, love him. Love that twist at the end. Yes. Love, yes. Which I also sort of was like, he loves himself some jest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> like as, as soon as he was given uh, Kat the side eye the first time he met her, I was like, He's feeling something for Jess. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so how long does it take you to usually complete a book? What's your process? I would say I average about 120 pages a day. Wow. 
but I think I can do that because I've prepped the book so much. It's a little slower if there's a lot of dialogue. For me, at least, the fastest narration is when it's first-person first, first person mm. narration because then it feels the most like a monologue. You know, like mm. I'm a character. I'm truly a character, and I'm yeah. a person, and I everything has a point of view from one single lens. Books that are in third person and then have multiple characters who are all talking to each other, that's a, it requires me really kind of knowing who every, what everybody sounds like. And then it's a little like, you know, <laughs> rubbing the belly, patting the top of the head in terms of flipping back and forth. With preparation and with practice, you get better and better at the whole flip back and forth. And it's also fun, like for me, the one thing that I feel like I have to be mindful of is pace because I think if anything, I push pace when it's exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or I'm like, so I'm like, and this happened, and then this happened, and then I do this, and then I... it's like, okay, let's slow down. <laughs> so that people can understand what you're trying to do here. Mm. I would say anywhere between 100 and, and then like if the size of the font is ginormo, then I can go through and, you know, do more than 120 pages a day. But in general, like, Probably Marissa, probably winter, probably took me three and a half days to do the whole thing just because it was, I mean, it's really long. It's super satisfying. Like she, but like at the end, every single character that you've been introduced to at some point has a moment of reckoning and or are reunited. Like she does an awesome job of making sure most of the resolutions happen. That's satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is, especially for this series, like the readers who were along for the ride and like decided I love these characters, I think got the ending that they were hoping yeah. for. I hear nothing but positives from yeah. that series. It's like just a, a diversion from, you know, life. How can yeah. you not love, like, unrequited love, mm-hmm. sci-fi? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So in addition to the Lunar Chronicles and uh, Heartless, are there any other books that you've recorded that you would recommend to us to put on our must-listen list? Hmm. What would I recommend? Uh, Carnival by Stephanie Garber. That's on our list. We have that. We just we just <laughs> bought this. <laughs> so what's so good about it is, did you guys ever read um, The Night Circus? That's on our list. That's on our list, too. So. It feels like that, and I know a lot of people um, discuss that, but... It's a really interesting. It's Stephanie's debut novel, mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be a series, so yes. don't expect it to end. <laughs> it's a book where the first nine pages are a series of letters. On page nine, when uh, a letter gets a response with another letter from the character that she's been writing to, as a fan, I was like, "Oh, what's going to happen?" <laughs> And then I did the ridiculous thing of I'm supposed to be prepping, but I would just rush because I wanted to know what the plot was. And I would have to remind myself, like, Rebecca, you are writing an org chart and you are trying to take notes on (laughs) character descriptions. But I was sucked in. So I thought that was really, really lovely. I haven't done it yet, but do you guys ever read anything by E. Lockhart? Mm -mm. Mm-mm. She's an amazing, amazing writer of... YA. She also, uh, that's a known diploma. She's uh, Emily Jenkins and she's written a bunch of children's books and also uh, adult novels. And 
she wrote the book we were liars i did not narrate that but it's gorgeously narrated mm -hmm. and i can't remember the narrator's name off the top of my head but um i get to i just found out that i'm going to be recording her next book coming mm. up in september i think so i'm pretty stoked about that i think it's called genuine fraud i haven't received my copy yet so mm. i cannot tell you anything about it but i do <laughs> love her as an author so like i read everything of hers no matter what and so that's pretty exciting awesome. the titles of those books sound really intriguing too <laughs> yeah she's so good she's so 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 good mm-hmm so is there a series that you wish you could have narrated or a character that you wish you could give your own spin to? I guess the only thing that I can think of is, do you guys have like one book that in a pinch you go back to rereading if you don't have like anything to read at that time? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. for me, it would be the selection. It is. Yeah. It is. Mm -hmm. Dorky Rebecca loves Jane Eyre, loves Jane Eyre. Mm -hmm. So I think even though people far more talented and, and British have recorded it <laughs> and, and legit British recorded it, there's something about that book that I just love so much and I feel like I could be her, you know? Mm, right. There are other books that I love that would be ridiculous for me to attempt. Mm -hmm. um, for example, <laughs> Memoirs of a Geisha by Arthur Golden. <laughs> It's another one of my favorite books, but I think if I attempted to narrate that, it would just sound highly offensive. Yes. I would just kill it. But that to me is just, again, but like a real, you know, environments that are so clearly created and crafted and beautiful language mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Awesome. So we're going to answer number seven, which was the must list with Caraval. It's pronounced Caraval, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely like on our top list. I think it's yeah, like we just bought it like last week. Yeah, it's gonna be a July <laughs> release. Kidding? Yeah, <laughs> so good, you guys. Like, I just want to hear your opinion. Like, not because I want you to tell me about me, but I want I want to hear what you guys think of the book. Yes, oh, definitely. Yeah. I thought it was so good. <laughs> so, do you listen to audiobooks or do you just stick with reading? Honestly, most of the time it's reading because I live off of my iPad and mm -hmm. I read most often when my husband is late next to me and I put the covers over so the illumination isn't so bright as to bother mm -hmm. him when he's sleeping. And then I read and read and read and read. And it was actually really hard for me to switch from actual books to, you know, devices because I love the smell of the book. Mm -hmm. I love yeah. dog ear. I used to write little notes to myself or underline things that I thought were profound. Yeah. <laughs> and then, and then I was like, oh, no, I can't move to a device. It sucks the soul out of me. <laughs> but you know what? Um, honestly, the first series I ever read on a device were The Hunger Games. Ooh. And I... I think that was my first series on a, on a device, but, too. So, not going to lie, it's like 3 in the morning, I finish book two, and I was like, oh, I can just press... Buy now and it will be immediately in the Yes. And it was like, oh, this is why people use these. Right so immediately I bought it, and then 30 seconds later, I'm like, what's going on, Katniss? <laughs> what's up, girl? Yeah. So oftentimes, like, if I'm on a trip or I used to do a lot of marathon running and for training purposes, your music playlist can get real old mm -hmm. real fast. Just, yeah, I don't know about you guys, but like, you can love music, but if you hear the same, even the same order of songs, mm -hmm. it kind of, I don't know, you need 
something more to inspire mm-hmm. you. So I would listen to a lot at that point to just help me go out on a journey like, see you in 10 miles. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to start at chapter one and take my mind somewhere else. Yeah. yeah, that's that's where I mm-hmm. get a, a lot of my listening done is the gym because, like you said, I just got tired of listening to music at a certain point. Just I like it, but the selection started getting the same. The playlist was all mm-hmm. the same, and so I started listening to my books there. And yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. When you think about when people say that audiobook listening is not really reading, because I feel like that's a big controversy, like a question that a lot of people have for us is like that's not really real reading. What do you yeah. think about that? We get a lot of judge. <laughs> judgy people uh, I guess in a way if people are equating reading with your own understanding of the text and you make you your own imagination creating the world and figuring out like that world by yourself yeah the audiobook does allow you to let someone else tell you that story mm-hmm. um, however there are so many people that, for whatever reason, reading itself is a chore or not as easy, you know, mm-hmm. or um, they're just not able to enjoy the process because it feels labored. Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like the story is the most important thing. How you get that story is whatever is going to bring you joy. But I feel like the more that people read, I feel the more that they become empathetic and knowledgeable people. Mm -hmm. And so however that information is distilled to you is, I think, whatever's going to serve you best, you know? And then as a narrator, I would like you to listen to books. (laughs) Right? That was was a great answer. I I think that's what we will tell people from now on. We'll be like, hey, (laughs) listen. our favorite narrator told us this, so... (laughs) I just think it's like, it's all about the story. Like, yeah. you want that story. It's not just like watching a television show where images also do the work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You really do have to focus and listen to the language and learn the style of the, of the writer and go on a longer journey that requires patience and commitment. Even if you're not physically reading the, the text, I still feel like it's so valuable. Yeah, um, I- And I feel like with Heartless in particular, at the end, the anger that comes through the Queen of Hearts when she's finally being faced with what happened to Jess, no spoilers still, but (laughs) she's finally being faced in the, in the court and just that power that you were able to bring to her. That's something that I wouldn't have been able to properly convey in my own mind if I didn't have you narrating it because it was just so strong Mm -hmm. and it was amazing to hear. Oh, that's really nice to hear because when I read the book and I saw how much I loved Catherine in the beginning and all the joy and hope, I realized that I had to earn off with his head. Mm-hmm. Yes. Earn that. Yes. Like if, if I did not do my job, then I did not earn the fact that she, for really tragic reasons, mm-hmm. And tragic and multi-dimensional reasons. She's not just an archetype, but that she's a complex human, and that's why. Because mm-hmm. to me, it was just tragic. Like, of course, you know yes. what's happening. I mean, hello, bef- page one, you know that she turns into the crazy queen of arts, right? Mm-hmm. But the I think what made Marissa so so brilliant in this particular book was that the whole time you're hoping and wishing yes exactly it's not going to happen yeah Mm -hmm. then when she's 
morning, your morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I was like crying when. <laughs> Like, you're mad at Marianne for saying something. Yeah, I was like, Marianne, you are not a best friend. Like, get out of here. I am so glad that you get put with the white rabbit now. (laughs) Well, exactly. Sorry. (laughs) But yeah, it's just... He's one thing very timely, and he's always going to be late, Marianne. Right. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) ha-ha, girl, that's your karma. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, it's just, uh, that's what listening, listening to a book does for me is that it, it brings a whole new emotion to it. And even if the audiobook, if the narrator is, is not the best, it, it still educates me in a way of how things are pronounced, how things sound, what emotions the characters are supposed to go through, even if the narrator doesn't really fully commit to those emotions. It still gives me a glimpse into what the author wanted the story to be read as. I agree. It's, mm-hmm. it's all about the story. So... Before we go, we really, we love when narrators make a little shout out for Audio Shelf in their own kind of voices. Do you think you could do Welcome to Audio Shelf in a very, or thank you for listening to Audio Shelf in your favorite voice? Mm Mm-hmm. How am I going to do this? Let me see if my, okay, it's working. So, thank you for listening to audio shelf. Where's the peanut heart? <laughs> Loved it. Oh my gosh. Yes. I had that aha moment when I was prepping it where I was like, oh, what if every R is a purr? <laughs> and I was like talking to my husband. I'm like, he is a writer and actor as well. Um, and he's getting ready to publish his first book, actually. So shout out to my babe. Um, it's called Sinner. It is a psychological thriller. Ooh. Not <laughs> YA at all. Hey, that's okay. okay. That's okay. But, uh, it's so great. It chronicles sort of like the idea of a Pentecostal fundamentalist uh, serial killer who is basically killing what people, killing women specifically, who he finds morally corrupt based on his own skewed principles. Um, So yeah, anyway, uh, of course, I'm like, plug out (laughs) the graves. That is, oh yeah, he was like, babe, of course the Cheshire Cat would hurt. (laughs) (laughs) You had this great revelation and he's like, duh. You're in uh, Baltimore, right? We, yes. Yes, yeah. we're in Baltimore. We're actually going to the Orioles game tonight, which is why I have my shirt on. Reppin'. Yes. I'm in Boston, and I have all of the Boston teams are, you know, in my heart, even though I've lived behind enemy lines in New York City for a long time. <laughs> Dangerous in there. <laughs> yes. But yeah, I have family that live in Crofton, Maryland. Oh my oh. gosh. Yes. Tons. I, I know tons of people in Crofton. Do you? Yeah. Well, Next time that I know I'm visiting, maybe I'll tweet at you. Oh my god! Yes, I mean, what next time we go to New York, we want to tweet at you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'll take you out on my town. Yes, we really we love New York City. Yeah, it's yeah. like our favorite place in the world, mm-hmm. and we try to we dream to live at. But dream to live. No, we will never afford. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you just have to love it. You either like I think. The pace has to live in you, right? Mm-hmm. Or it will suffocate you, you mm-hmm. know, in a city. For me, I love visiting other places. And then um, I always say, like, you can take 
the girl out of the pace, but you can't take the pace out of the girl. And I find that after a while of lounging, I'm, I'm just like, okay. We got to do something. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having me. Thank, thank you, you for being a part of our little audio shell family. And tea party. Yes. <laughs> thank we... you for my tea party. And thank you, audio shelf listeners. Of course. Thank Please you. subscribe <laughs> to the B&B podcast. <laughs> You do a better job than us. Yes. That's where we always stumble over. <laughs> we would love to cheers. Can we cheers? Oh, cheers. yes, cheers. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to Starbucks. <laughs> All right. All right. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah, super fun. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good weekend. You too. Happy Fourth. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview with Rebecca Soler. She is a total gem, and we love her even more now. We're, like, best friends now. Yeah. She's our best friend. And, Rebecca, if you disagree, then sorry. (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) not sorry, because we love you. Yes. Please subscribe to us on iTunes Podcast, Google Play Music, and Stitcher. And follow along on Twitter. Our handle is at AudioShelfMe. And like us on Facebook to see what else we're up to. Mm-hmm. And if you want two free audiobooks, please check out our website and click on the Audible affiliate link to download a free 30-day trial to get those two free audiobooks. And July 11th is Amazon Prime Day, which means that you can get a 40% discount on an Audible subscription for six months if you are a Prime member. So check that out. That's pretty nifty. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Cheers. Tea, don't break them. (laughs) That was a week. This has been Audio Shelf, where we release new episodes every Monday. If you want to stay updated, listen to previous episodes, or suggest audiobooks for us to feature, visit us at audioshelf.me. We are Brad and Brittany. Thank you for listening. My arms are sweaty. (laughs) You're sweaty. I'm sweaty. Okay. (laughs) Okay, perfect. And I think, honestly, the people that live in New York are hustlers and workers. It's either that you have three or four jobs to pay all the bills, mm-hmm. or you yep. have one job that you work like 90 hours a week. Yeah. yeah. Bills. But it's the pulse of the city, the people here, the, the, you know, they're straightforward, passionate. They will let you know their opinions in like a great way. Thank you so much for listening to this interview with Rebecca. Sorry. What? I wasn't. What was that face? (laughs) You look like you were about to be run over by like a 14 truck wheeler, whatever they are. Because I took a deep breath and you're like, thank you for listening. I was like, shit, I messed up. I gotta get these cookies off my lap. I told, like I said to Rebecca, we suck at this end part. (laughs) They've melted. They have. I am melting. Oh, yeah, I'm so sweaty. Okay. Anyway, this is all staying in the episode. Okay. What should I say? My hips are so sweaty. I am getting really hot and angry, so you tell me what you need me to say. Yes, and don't forget that Prime Day is July 11th. Prime Day is July 11th? So you can get some goodies that are sometimes good. Is that good? Yeah, it's good. Okay.